Hi guys, and welcome to The Devonshire Diz, a Devonshire take on all things Disney. Today, we're going to kick off our Flashback to Feb series by covering Travel Day. And the more organised side of Devonshire Diz joins us. Let's get into it. Lauren. Hi. Thank you for joining me today on this episode, this flashback to Feb, to our trip. Lauren is our more organised eye when it comes to Devonshire Diz. She's the one that does all the planning, all the spreadsheets, and makes sure we are where we need to be on time when it comes to the trips that we have taken in the past, and especially this one being our first trip with our little princess in tow. I'm the one to take the stress out of it. Exactly. Exactly. Today in this episode, we're going to take a look at our experience with the travel, heading up to Manchester Airport from Devon, and also our flight over to WDW with Virgin. So first and foremost, we need to escape the West Country and head up the motorway to Manchester Airport. How did you find that with regards to, first of all, manoeuvring the M5 and the M6? I think it all went pretty smoothly, to be fair. It was more the travel day itself was stressful because in February we had the COVID test. So we had the extra stress of that first thing in the morning with the results getting back to us at half past nine for us to say that we could actually go on our holiday. But the travel itself up to Manchester, I didn't think was too bad. It was all pretty straightforward. Penny was really good. She didn't really whinge at all about three-hour car journey we only did one stop for tea i think we got to the premier inn at about eight ish Mm, yeah yeah which was probably really the only hurdle we hit in the travel because our little girl is a creature of habit and very much likes routine so pushing past the routine was a little bit tricky but as soon as she got to the room and realized she had a double bed to herself she was very happy about it Yeah, to reiterate, at the time, the COVID measures were certainly in full force in comparison to what they are now. We did need to take a test. We had to travel to actually our local airport, Exeter Airport, which had a marquee out the the front in the car park there. We went in, did a quick test, waited half an hour and got the results, which thankfully came back negative for all three of us and then we started our onward journey up the m5 and then on to the m6 to the premier inn which is just out on the outskirts of manchester airport i found the the driving for the most part absolutely fine traffic mm-hmm. was good it was kind to us we are manchester united supporters down here so we do travel up the m5 m6 quite regularly especially in years pre our princess being born so we're used to the drive and yeah it was one of the more smooth journeys up like you say penny was pretty ecstatic when she got into the premier inn and realized that not only was she sleeping in the same room as mummy and daddy but she had a huge king-size bed to herself as well so that was handy the only issue we had being in a room together was obviously we put her down quite quickly we decided we wanted to start the holiday that night so we thought i will have a celebratory drink because we we've made it to manchester and we're all negative and the stress has started to decompress a little bit and we had to enjoy those drinks with light off in the room 
He says she would actually go to sleep at half past nine at night. We tried it with the TV on, but unfortunately she started concentrating on the TV, which you would do. So we turned that off and we enjoyed a very romantic beer and a glass of wine in the darkness of a Premier Inn room. <laughs> Great start to the holiday. It sounds as good as it was. So once we had a reasonable night's sleep, I mean, who sleeps well, A, in a, in a bed which isn't yourself, and, and two, when you're buzzing to go to Walt Disney World. And so there wasn't much sleep that occurred. But once we, once we got up and got ready, we headed over to Manchester Airport and we opted this time to go for the meet and greet, mm -hmm. didn't we, at the airport? And I thought that was absolutely fab. I think it's probably going to change the way that we travel just because of the ease of that that procedure that they have there. It was probably one of my biggest selling points for having a toddler and getting to an airport. So we were really lucky in Manchester that at the meet and greet, essentially you just drive to the terminal, there is a multi-storey car park there, park your car in the designated area, there's the signpost for the meet and greet area, and it was just a matter of popping your keys to the chap and then walking across a bridge and, and you're in the terminal. I thought we it was fab. literally across the road, weren't we, after we dropped the car off to yeah. get into the terminal. And you turned right at the terminal door, went through a chatty, gave him your keys, and he said, here's a little slip of paper, keep that, and come back after your holiday. And it was as easy as that. Worth its weight in gold for having a toddler. Even if you've got multiple kids, I think it's the best thing you could probably spend your money on pre-holiday. Yeah, we all know these days that there's an, an additional level of stress when it comes to travelling and, and anything to ease that pressure. Meet and greet was just such a fab way to start. It really was. Headed into Manchester T2. Now, again, disclaimer, Manchester T2 has had a, let's say, roller coaster of a year from what we've seen in reviews of people travelling in and out of Manchester Airport. We are talking about a February trip here. It was fairly recently opened, you could say, I guess, given the restrictions that were lifted in November. So we were quite early on getting back across the pond. In, yeah, we were only three months after the borders had opened. Exactly. And and with it, the airport itself was was fairly quiet. We were, we were travelling on a Thursday, which again is probably another recommendation in comparison to going on, say, a Saturday or a weekend flight. Travelling on a Thursday was, was certainly a lot more smooth, a lot quieter in Manchester Airport. Check-in was really smooth. Bearing in mind, we went with Adam's parents and sister in tow as well, so there was an extra three of us to think about once we got to the check-in desk. But it all went really smoothly. We all checked in together. It was literally a case of we all handed our passports over and they did it all together, so that helped. I don't think we queued at all at check-in. And for security, I don't think we waited more than 10 minutes to get to the bag drop, as I call it, to actually go through the scanners. Yeah. We probably waited longer to get through the scanners than we did actually waiting to get through security. Yeah, that's where we met the, the start of a, a decent amount of people. But honestly, they were well staffed at that point to to I open up some other avenues i still don't think it took us longer than 20 minutes to get through all the security no definitely not definitely not and of course being just across the road in the premier inn we got to the terminal in in a decent amount of time so again that eased the the level of stress again it's a it's another recommendation in flying these days especially long haul just make sure you've got ample time when you get to the airport. We'd read the horror stories of people having to queue for security and check in. So we got there four hours before, didn't we, to make sure. Which yeah. 
worked well for us but if you had an hour and a half queue for security it's pretty much bang on check-in time that's it exactly and then we decided to spend a decent amount of time by pre-booking a lounge in manchester t2 manchester t2 was fairly newly refurbished when we got there as well it all looked very shiny and new and and with it we went to the aspire lounge which actually was incredibly new it was only open for a week at that point so we thought we'd get a quick bite to eat and a drink get penny settled used to being in an airport for the very first time before you know waiting for our our gate to be called so our next experience in the airport was was the aspire lounge what did you think of that it was okay. We didn't have a great experience with it in the sense that because it was soon, so newly opened, they've massively overbooked themselves, which was a little bit of a hurdle that we didn't think we were going to have to face seeing as most of the lounges aren't fully booked and have a lot of seating left. So the three of us were all crammed onto two little armchairs right at the back of the lounge in a little cubby corner, weren't we? We were, yeah. Um, but the food and drink was nice. Mm. And it was really good help yourself. Like the bar staff, the teas and coffees were really helpful. They were always cleaning away the tables. I think we were just unfortunate when we hit it. That it was so busy and so new and so short-staffed, I think, was our downfall. Yeah, I was speaking to one of the staff members there. Um, and, and she mentioned that you know some of the staff members were called the night before because they obviously experienced that week how understaffed they were and they yeah. were bringing them in from different airports and different aspire lounges to help out but actually i mean hats off to them the the drinks were always replenished the food was replenished there whenever someone had gone out of their seat and left there was a person seating other people as quickly as possible and unfortunately there were people that had a bit of a moan and groan because obviously we're, we're paying for this this pleasure and and there wasn't enough seating for everyone and, and there was a bit of a wait outside but we'd almost treated it as going get breakfast get a coffee see some planes from the window but we were never going to spend three hours before the gate opened there with penny yeah, it's just right. not it was our first time at a lounge with a toddler so we gone in with quite low expectations of how long we were going to spend there so to get a good cup of coffee and something to eat for all three of us and a little bit of a chill out for half an hour was a bonus, really. Yeah, 100%. Penny, once she she had some food and she had a drink, she was ready to explore the airport, really, wasn't she? Yeah. So that was good. I mean, we, we got ourselves fed. We had a drink, had a bit of a chat with the family once we caught up with them, and then we went for an explore, went for an explore around T2, we bought Penny one of the trunky, like hand luggage suitcases yeah, so where you can have the wheels as well, and that was that was a good idea. So the one we bought was the Samsonite one. There's obviously various different ranges of the trunky suitcases, but we went for the Samsonite one mainly because it's the Disney brand, and we like to stay on Disney brand point. She was um, very much into Frozen at the time, wasn't she? Yeah. But it worked really well because she just sat on it and we pulled her along and she thought it was really fun and we got to everywhere quicker than we thought we would at that point. We did take the buggy with us, mainly because we knew we'd need it in Disney because there's no way she was going to walk around Disney the whole time. So we did have the buggy with us that we managed to put our hand luggage on to, so we weren't pulling and lugging ourselves around as well. So that worked really well. No issues with getting through the terminal with that either. 
Yeah, no, it was a nice little explore. It wasn't too busy when we went either, was it? There was think... a lot of free seats like next to the windows, so she could quite easily just run up to the windows and have a look. I think that was a key thing with with those sort of hand luggage for for children is, you know, if it was if it was rammed, if it was wall to wall with people in there on on a peak time over the summer on a weekend flight with multiple flights going out of that terminal, being on a trunky might be a little bit more difficult. I couldn't see us doing it around Heathrow. No, where there's a lot of people. No, but to be honest, in, yeah, the experience we had with it was fab. Like I said, it just had, it freed up your hands to move your luggage. And she's experiencing something fun by, you know, being on the back of a trunky and just riding around an airport. Who doesn't want to do that? So that was a really good experience. That yeah, definitely a recommendation for us as well if you're travelling with a little one. And they think it's more fun to pack their suitcases. So she thought it was really exciting knowing that it was in our suitcase and knowing that all the fun things that she could get out when she got to the plane. So that really helped with any kind of stress about first plane journey out the window, really. That's right. So we've had a little explore over the airport and then, great news, the gates open. So it was time to get everything packed up. We had seen the plane that we were on and travelled down to the gate. It was only a short wait really at the gate, wasn't it, before we started boarding? That was, yeah, was, that was really also quick. really handy. Basically by the time we got down there and everyone had had a pre-flight toilet break, it was time to board, wasn't it? We got really lucky with that really. Yeah, they were quite efficient in getting us on and... Not someone who was sponsored by, but we would always recommend flying with Virgin and their customer service just from the outset, from, you know, the, the check-in desk to the bag drop to, you know, boarding at the gate. They were they were absolutely on it. They were really and attentive for Penny as well, weren't they? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so they got the, um, the families and the ones with little ones on first, so we were all settled on the plane really quickly, which was fab. A little bit further back than what we're used to. We usually like being on the wing. You like... Having the wingtip view, don't like you? Having a good wing view, yeah. Exactly. We're a little bit further back, but but it wasn't too bad. Still had a fab view. We were quite lucky, I suppose, with a little one as well. When you're when you're traveling with additional family, the three other family members, my mum, dad, and sister, were in front of us. So it meant if there was any sort of kicking of chairs or whatever, then then we would be fine. The plane we were on was a two four two, wasn't it? The seat arrangement. That's so right, there yeah. was we had. Two of the family behind, it was me and Penny in the middle and then we had two family in front. So it didn't matter whether she reclined her seat by accident the whole way back or whether she kicked the seat in front. We just knew that it would be family so we weren't going to knock anyone from that point of view. And I mean, you're, you're flying to Florida, aren't you? The majority of the people on that plane, they're probably going to Walt Disney World. So there was a lot of families on there um, and actually for the most part. Didn't hear a peep out of any child. No, really on the flight. It was really, really quiet. So, so that was fab. So yeah, we we got ourselves settled down, ready to take off. Penny opened up her trunky full of different bits and pieces to keep her entertained for the ten hours that we were on the flight. The flight actually was quite long in comparison to what we've had before. Yeah, it was a long flight. I think it was a combination of obviously the weather at the time being feb and being on an A three thirty instead of being on a seven four seven, which obviously was a lot bigger and a lot. Lot stronger to get through. I think it was nine and a half hours, wasn't it? Out. Yeah, which was a bit of a surprise, but I mean, nothing untoward really. No, and for her first flight, she did amazing. Yeah. She didn't groan once about being stuck on a plane. She was really content with everything that she's brought. We bought her a few little games. We bought one of the Amazon tablets so that she had preloaded games and some films to watch. She did a couple of little walks up and down the aisle. 
She did really well, didn't she? There was no groaning at all. We only got a half an hour nap out of her, which was the only downfall. So she was a little grouchy by the time we got to Orlando, but she did really well on the flight itself. Yeah, and another mention to the crew with Virgin, really. They really do put your mind at ease as a parent, more than happy to entertain the child where you were required to do so. Like we said, when Penny started walking up and down the aisle, the cabin crew were happy to talk to her and show her different bits and pieces. Whenever they walked past her, they they were asking how she's doing. Is she enjoying her first flight? Checking in on what Disney film she was watching. Majority of it was in Canto on a Loop at the time. But no, they were ace. They were really, really good. The food selection that we had on the plane as well was really good. The food for, for adults was good. My, my meal was wicked. Yeah, I think we got quite lucky with that as well, didn't we, that the food was quite good. We did, and Penny certainly tucked into hers. We so did that bring was awesome. a few snacks for Penny, didn't we, so that we could kind of fill her up before. And she was quite excited by the fact that we'd bought some chocolate chip lollies before, didn't we? So she had some in for her ears on the takeoff and landing, but they came out a couple of times on the flight as well, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, and those 10 hours... Flew by, really, to be honest. They really did. You you have this assumption in your mind, I guess, going on a, a flight with a youngster for the first time that it's going to be a certain level of stress, a certain heightened level of stress, um, and you've got to try and entertain for the 10 hours to make sure you're you're keeping her in check. But actually, she was good as gold, and, and as I mentioned, all of, the, all of the children on the flight were as well. Yeah, she did really good. Even the li- really little ones that... Little six-monthers did amazing. We didn't hear any meltdowns through the whole flight, which was incredible, really. There was a Bambino on there, wasn't there, and didn't hear a peep out no, of No, so they all did amazing. They all slept really well. So once we landed, which was a smooth landing, we got into MCA, and the next potential concern materialised with... Immigration. We have been part of horror stories in previous years with immigration. 20... 18, I think, was two hours. I think 2015 was worse and was nearly three. So we were expecting a long slog to get through immigration. Especially given the time that, you know, additional documentation was required with COVID restrictions that were being eased, etc. So you think you, you, you plan for the worst, essentially coming in, thinking that it's going to be a decent amount of time that you're going to be stood there. But again, pleasant surprise. We got really, really lucky being the only flight in from the UK at that point and no other international flights had come in. We breezed through immigration in less than 10 minutes from getting off the plane to seeing the man in his little booth, to which again, I thought they were incredible with Penny and were quite happy to interact with her and talk to her about how the flight was because we've had some really stern ones before that are very... Question, 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 okay, off you go. Whereas they were really good this time. Yeah. And even baggage was really quick on the other side of it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think, like again, it's it's the, the Thursday scenario in comparison to, to flying on a weekend. And it's also, you know, the the beginning of opening things back up from, from an airport standpoint. So we, we just got lucky, very, very lucky. We appreciate that, you know, certain families that we've seen vlogs from and and comments online have had a bit of a double whammy where they got stuck with a a huge queue Mm. in Manchester and then having that same queue heading into MCO because of multiple flights coming in at the same time. We've been been there with the MCO, we know how horrendous it is and it is a slog because all you want to do is 
get out the other side and get to your hotel at that point especially with the five hour time difference it's a bit of a bit of a killer when you're stuck in a queue and you know you've got the magic on the other side exactly so much appreciated mca more of that in the future please once we finished the formalities of immigration and we were officially allowed to enter the united states of america we headed to get our bags suitcases came as a breeze which was really fab one thing we did have to wait for and wait we did was the stroller the buggy we had to ask someone where it was didn't we because we assumed it would come around the carousel like normal and yet it was on a random door the complete other end of the carousels we were watching a conveyor belt go round and around and all of these bags reduce and then we got to a point thinking we're just gonna have to ask someone and then turned around asked the chap and he was like yeah it's over there great and it had been there the whole time that all of the other bags had come out that was the only thing we had to wait for and that to be was. fair i don't think we made it any more than a quarter of an hour for it i think we were in a little bit of a you know travel haze at that point yeah I think we were if, we, by this point. if we did have a little look around ourselves we probably would have found it a little bit quicker but you know not to worry like i said we got quite lucky with everything up to that point so a little wait for the for the buggy wasn't too bad hopped in the buggy and then we transferred across the road to alamo which was really different for us really really different we we have in the past had car hire even from the airport thinking back at, at, at trips when i went with my family as a youngster but for the most part we have been using obviously the magical express which was an option for on-site guests a complimentary option i might add at the time but unfortunately that is a thing of the past so this time around we decided to drive ourselves Got herself a decent deal that included a little bit of car hire. And we experienced driving, or at least I experienced driving, in Florida for the first time. But first things first, we needed to pick the car. Yeah, we didn't realise that we were going to have to pick the car ourselves, did we? We assumed it would be like over here where if you rent a car, they tell you what the car is. They give you the keys and they say, here you go, have the car, off we go. Whereas we got to Alamo and asked the chappy what car we had. And he said, oh, go and pick which one you want. To which was a little bit of a surprise. And there was a lot to choose from. And they were very big cars we went for because there were six of us and we had all the luggage. So this wasn't picking up a little Nissan Qashqai that we're used to driving. This was picking up a seven-seater with a boot big enough to fit all the suitcases. Yeah, I think when I was younger, when we were heading over to Walt Disney World and picking up car hire, which was a lot more attainable back in the day, the the dream that you have in your mind as a child is, oh, when, when I'm old enough to be able to drive out in the States for the first time, I'm going to get myself a convertible Mustang. Yeah, you were hoping that the Mustang was going to be included in the cost, weren't you? And we're all enjoying it. We put the radio up and we're cruising down in Florida for the first time. And it ended up being a seven-seater Chrysler Pacifica. Brand new, clean as a whistle, bright white, cream leather interior. And like I said, we have a blue Nissan Qashqai that's now about eight years old. The only hurdle we actually faced, though, when we got to the car was... A, how you were going to drive it on the wrong side of the road when it was a massive car. And B, how do we get the car seat in the car? Because the car seat was very different. 
Yeah, so obviously in the States they have a slightly different setup when it comes to car seats. We used to isofix in our cars, so having this whole anchoring system was a little bit different for us. So we had to ask one of the Alamo men, didn't we, to come over and actually help us to fit it because there was no chance I was driving away with a car seat that I had no clue how it fitted in the car. Yeah, and luckily the chap that came over to help us, he was he was really attentive, absolutely fine. He to... knew exactly how to do it straight away, didn't he? He did. I'm, I'm sure he's probably done many a car seat in those sort of cars. But yeah, absolutely fine. Once we got that figured out, car seat was secure, had a little check around, as, as we always recommend you do. Check around to the car for any bumps and scratches and document. We'd seen a few vlogs where they were documenting the car using a video on their smartphone. Yeah. Shout out to the Night Strider on that. That was a great tip. Yeah, and, we, and we did tackled the, that. We did the exact same to make sure we were covered. But like I said, it was it was brand new. There wasn't a, there wasn't a scratch or a mark on it. It had that new car smell inside as well. It really did. So yeah, we hopped all in, got all the luggage in. Was actually was was a bit of a benefit of having such a big car. The the luggage slotted in nicely, which was fab. And off we went. Off we went for the first time. Left-hand drive, automatic car, in a tank. <laughs> Driving around a multi-storey car park. Trying to find the exit. That was the first task. We got there, and then once we got there onto the road, it was... We realised that we had to try and find a way of using SatNav without actually having any data in the US. So that was another fun thing that cost us a little bit on day one. Definitely, yeah. But the, the good thing about the car was that we could build in the Google Maps straight from your phone, which gave us a plan of action to, first of all, get out of the grounds of the airport and then down to WDW. I had a vague idea of of how to get down to Walt Disney World. It was just getting out of the airport system, really, wasn't it? That was the hard part. Yeah, we did, we did circle the airport once <laughs> <laughs> when we missed the turning, but... You know, second time around, second time's a charm. We, we got there. We get charged for it, so that was the main thing. That's it, exactly. And we were on our way down. Smooth journey down, I think. Yeah, that, it didn't take long at all to get down. We got very lucky with the timing that we got there because, you know, it was it was very much rush hour and it could have gone one way or the other. But actually, the roads were pretty clear, which was fab. I think we worked out from the time we got on the road from the time we landed was about three quarters of an hour, wasn't it? Yeah. It was really quick. We decided to go toll and, you know, pay a few dollars to get down there. But actually that road was incredibly clear. We were looking at some of the traffic on the I-4 and the I-4 was pretty stacked. Um, so, yeah, yeah, went down the toll road, got there pretty quickly. And all of a sudden, after a long day of travel, we had finally arrived in yeah, our okay. home for two weeks, which very much is our home as DVC members. And we ended up in Saratoga Springs. Which felt very surreal after moving our trip three times to finally being at the gates of Saratoga and being welcomed home was very surreal. That first security guard that we met saying, you know, we're checking in today. And he was like, oh, welcome back and welcome home. That that hit me a little bit, yeah. I've got to admit. Yeah, not not knowing how the COVID test was going to go the day before, it was a bit of a roller coaster. Forty eight hours, that's for sure. But we got there, we checked in. We managed to go straight to the room, didn't straight we? Straight to the room. That was really interesting. The whole new, you know, mobile check in. Mm. I got to admit, a a part of it, I kind of missed being in a lobby and you know speaking to the cast members there, 
and them greeting you saying welcome home and giving you the insight of the goings on as well i miss that part but again with a child the ease of having your room number ahead of time knowing when you're going when you get into the resort and going straight to your door that was really handy it was easier it saved a lot of time having to wait with all the people in the lobby didn't it exactly yeah, no one wants another queue after spending a decent amount of time queuing. No, definitely not. And we got really lucky where our room was as well, didn't we? We did. So we ended up in the paddock section of Saratoga Springs for anyone that's been there. The paddock fairly recently has been refurbished in, and the, the paddock pool area has, has now received an upgrade where you have a slide with the pool. You also have the paddock grill there. So there's food, there's amenities like drink fill-up stations. They've got a splash pad area for the kids. Nice splash pad area. Slides. Which there were a fair few actually there yeah. when we got there. Bearing in mind now we're, we're talking early evening in February. And yeah, we got a two bed villa. The whole family was in the same villa for the first couple of days. And then we split off to two one beds for, for either side of the family. But that two bed villa had a balcony looking straight over the paddock pool. So needless to say, as soon as we walked in, we went straight to the balcony. And the first thing Penny said was, I want to go to the pool now. Let's go swimming. Must have been about six. Which, bear in mind, the time difference at this point was like 12 o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And she was still like raring to go with excitement at this point. Yeah. So we obliged for a bit, took it for a little bit of a dip, had a welcome to Saratoga Bud Light with lime Mm -hmm. with, with something to eat. It's like the first evening tradition isn't it of ours that's exactly and then and then we crashed for the beginning of our magical holiday yeah day one travel day nailed looking back at it now i'm i'm still surprised how smooth we were able to do it and it's a, a lot of it is is obviously down to the elements that we've mentioned with regards to you know being a thursday flight going with a, a trusted airline such as Virgin when it comes to customer service, etc. But a huge shout out needs to go to yourself, Loz, with the amount of organisation that you needed to do. It is a holiday that, that most of you who are probably going to be listening to this know Walt Disney World trips need planning, need organisation. And I'm glad you you had your, your spreadsheets, etc. and your timings in tow because it, it kept it smooth didn't it really thanks i think if you if you try to do it on a whim these days given everything that's that's changed in airports in general flying in general and also at your destination you're you're gambling a little bit you do really need to plan ahead i was that ocd traveler with a file of facts full of documents (laughs) in order of when that happens passports that they're ready to go everywhere spreadsheets planned color-coded Dining's made just to try and make everything a little bit smoother. Because we just didn't know what it was going to be like with a toddler in tow, did we? We're so used to doing Disney trips adults only, where you can be easy breezy. And, you know, back when making a dining reservation wasn't really the be all and end all of a trip. Whereas now, if you don't make that dining reservation 60 days out, you're probably never going to see that dining reservation again. We had to wait list, didn't we, for a good three of our dining reservations for the exactly. whole holiday. And one of them only came in 10 days before we went because yeah. someone had cancelled and we managed to snap it up. So, yeah, it's not the sort of holiday, unfortunately, you can do a bit very easy breezy anymore, is it? No, 
No, well, and think... when the travel restrictions were in as well, it made it that much harder because you just you wanted to make sure that everything went smoothly and ensure that there was no like extra added stress. I'm a stressor. I'm a massive panicker. I'm the person that as soon as I get through security at an airport, I feel much better about life. But the time before it... There's a lot of knee shaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of panic to just get it done and out of the way so we can just enjoy the holiday. But, you know, that additional planning is just... It is worth it. It's something which makes lives easier when it comes to travelling, well, first of all, from Devon mm-hmm. up to Manchester and then and then across the pond and, and into into a holiday, which is now a holiday of of times and schedules etc so you know the, the the key thing to take out of this travel day and and the holiday in general was was get planning people probably ask us as well why we decided to go from manchester that's the biggest question we've been asked like from friends in the main reason being is that manchester airport for us is a lot smoother and a lot more relaxed than us traveling to gatwick because Gatwick is the only other long haul place we could fly into MCO at this point. Yeah. And Gatwick for us is just very busy. It's very stressful. It feels like a longer way to go because the M4 and the M25 are always so busy from down here. So for us, it was worth paying that tiny little bit extra to fly from Manchester to know that we just had that extra bit of a comfort blanket that it wasn't going to be quite so busy. Exactly. Yeah. And it worked out that way. We've been we've been to Manchester before in our honeymoon. We flew from Manchester. Yeah. Um. We've been multiple amount of times from from Gatwick to to Florida and and also experienced Heathrow as well. And it really is probably my recommended airport, Manchester, given the fact that it's okay. Maybe it's a, an extra half hour on your your journey up to the airport when you're coming out of Devon. But it's it's straight roads. It's straight roads. It's the M5, the M6. You're off the M6. You're there. It just feels a lot less stressful than the Gatwick journey. And I don't know if that's just because from where we are in Devon, once you get past Bristol, the only real bit of congestion you hit is Birmingham. So it's not right at the end of your travel. You know, you've kind of hit it about an hour, hour and a half into your journey. Whereas when we travel to Gatwick, we don't really have any issues until we hit the M4 and the M25. And that's the last slog to get to the hotel before like your travel day. So it always feels like such a longer slog. And if you hit it bad, it can put you back an hour, two hours on your journey. Yeah, there's two options for, for Gatwick. There's the, the M4 or you go the A road. And as people coming out of the West Country know, on that A303, if you get one accident or, or something happens, one road work, etc. on that road, you are in for the long haul on that journey over to Gatwick. So it's another reason and maybe another consideration for, for anyone heading from the West Country. Try try Manchester out. It's a, it's, it's a decent airport. And I definitely recommend meet and greet. If you've got an extra £20 to spend, definitely do meet and greet and just save yourself the hassle of having to do that airport transfer for on a coach because it just takes an extra weight off your shoulders and the extra stress is... Just so, so much easier. Would you say that's your hot take from yes. the, the travel day, the meet and greet? Hugely. It was just, it was so easy. I hate the whole dropping your car off, having to wait for a coach. Because you don't know if the coach has just left or if it's going to be an extra 20 minutes. 
it's just the extra time factor especially when we got to the airport at half past six on our travel day whereas if we'd had to do airport parking further afield there's potentially another hour that we'd have to factor into it because driving to it waiting for the coach and then getting back to Manchester airport and with a toddler in tow it's to me it's not worth the extra stress that's right yeah children certainly changes your perspective on travel especially when it's the first holiday for not only the toddler but it's the first return holiday from you know 18 months being restricted etc i'm all for an easy life exactly so on that positive note that is day one that's travel day that's travel day completed we got there we made it after all this time all that planning the waiting, the changing of the dates, we finally made it and we were back in our happy place and back in our second home in Saratoga Springs. Join us in our next episode where we will start diving into the holiday itself and follow along with, you know, our holiday and, and the hints and tips that we made and, and essentially our opinions of what Walt Disney World and what a Walt Disney World holiday is like at the minute and also what a Walt Disney World holiday is like with a toddler for the first time. Hope you guys will continue to follow us. Thank you kindly for listening today. If you'd like to follow us in other avenues, we do have an Instagram page called at Devonshire underscore Diz. We're posting some fun photos from our trip back in February and also some insight on that Instagram page. So please give us a like on Instagram and we look forward to speaking to you next time. Thank you very much, guys. Bye.